This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening. You are listening to Love Sport Radio. Me, Matt Beadle, with you through to 11pm this evening. It is time now for our fan show Monday, and we are straight into the boys from Brentford. Yes, last Saturday was the final West London derby at Griffin Park in the league. Of course, they might meet each other in the FA Cup. Who knows? And Brentford's were, of course, the ones to leave smiling, running out 3-1 winners to record their fifth straight victory against QPR at Griffin Park. We're going to be hearing what Brentford and QPR fans had to say about that game. Plus, we'll be hearing from Brentford coach Thomas Frank too. Big day for him, of course, and the club. With season tickets also going on sale for Brentford's new stadium last week, we'll be discussing the buzz around Brentford's move to their new stadium in January. And will the club achieve their 10,000 season ticket objective? Like I said, it's the Brentford Fan Show here with the boys from Besotted. Billy the B. Grant. Hello. Hello. Edward the Headwood. Hello. How's it going? Very good, thank you. This is the first time I believe we've been on the show together. Yeah, my the first friend. time we've been together. I've, I've had a bit of a hiatus, if, if I'm honest. And I, I was sitting with Robin the other day, and I went, "Do you know what? I haven't been back. I need to go back. I need to come back on the radio and, and put my voice across for the B side as well." Great to have you back, and I guess I'm back in a sense too. Head was back. Back, back again. again. <laughs> back. Tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, in my head, I thought I might start the show with that and say Beatles back, but I thought no, because <laughs> I'll, I'll fall on my backside and it'll be horrendous radio. It should, be Be- it it should be Beatles about, to be fair. should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, we Watch should get out. that jingle going. <laughs> <laughs> Gents, you were, you were together before the show with your usual chat before you come on air? What the, went down? The production meeting at the White Hart, or just around the corner, White Hart Pub, Wicked Pub. If you ever in the area, just go down there, check them out, and you can get uh, the chicken tagine thingy that I had today, which oh. you were. Yeah, I saw your eyes. I, as soon as I walked in, out, I saw they? it. It looked, looked incredible. <laughs> they were. Um, what were we discussing, Edward? We were discussing loads. Uh, we, we, we started off um, mainly uh, kicking off with the main news today about Thomas Frank um, and the, the what, what exciting new Frank? news. Uh, the big, big new contract for until 2023. Wow. wow. So, I mean, so Thomas Frank 
has signed a new contract with Brentford, which is, uh, it's funny because all of a sudden, like, Brentford are loving it at the moment now. They're, like, pinging, you know, anytime there's either a, a, a new person signing, but mainly it's the re-signs. The re-signs are, are more than the signings at the moment now because we, uh, we've, we, 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 we haven't gone mad on the signing. We went mad in the summer, but we haven't got mad on the signing. So what they're now doing is they're pinging the re-signs. So, like, the Ben Rama re-sign, the Ollie Watkins re-sign, and they said, bing, there's another one. And the, um, actually, no, it wasn't a Ben Rama re-sign. Not, not as no, yet. No, as no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, changed, he changed his well, number, didn't he? I was getting ahead of myself there. Just <laughs> <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Maybe tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but no, but then the Thomas Frank, this is the interesting one there because when they pinged it up today, and remember it all went round with us lot, we're thinking, who's it going to be? Yep. Are we bringing someone else in? Oh, is it going to, oh, you know, and really the hope was there, you know, that it was going to be Ben Rama. And uh, we weren't deflated. Not at all. When we saw it as Thomas Frank, did we? No, not at all. Um, for I, I sat there at my desk at work and went, oh, excellent news. Um, I think it's a really good thing. And the, the first question that Billy and I have just been talking about, uh, the main thing in my head is, is it almost like a player transfer, a uh, new contract? So you, you sign up Wally Watkins on a four-year deal and now you've signed Thomas Rank on a three-year deal. So if hypothetically someone came and tried to cherry-pick him, uh, let's say, to another bigger club in the Premier League, maybe if we're not there... Uh, and does that act in a way to that will get us more transfer fees for Thomas Frank? Uh, I've I, I've never I can't remember the last time we signed up a manager on such a long deal. No, I mean we were talking about that. I mean Dean Smith, we love Dean Smith. He was great, but I'm I'm sure Dean wasn't on a on a three year deal as such. I think he was on a, on a couple of years. Uh, Mark Warburton was on a one year rolling deal as well. So it's one year and it just kept on rolling on. So if he was ever to let go, then we had to pay him off on a year. But from what I can gather, but with Thomas Frank, I mean I think this is quite an interesting point because I think it it probably shows how important the club thinks Thomas Frank is to where we're going um, Thomas Frank was brought in as, as a lot of people may or may not know if they're listing but he was brought in as an assistant to Dean Smith um, I think it's probably best to describe that Thomas Frank had different capabilities Dean Dean's a great man manager and he and he coached the team well and people really loved him and I think uh, Thomas brought an added sort of kind of tactical value to, to, to the Brentford coaching team so you know Dean Smith to be fair and I said I love Dean Smith because Dean Smith not unlike other head coaches or managers that were the managers that are there before when you suggested things to actually make the, the team and the club better they turn around and say no I'm not having that Dean Smith said, look, I'll be fine with that. So he brought Thomas Frank in, whereas even though if you think about it, Thomas Frank might have been not a little bit of a threat, but he's somebody who was like head coach of Bronby. He'd been played in the Europa League. All of a sudden, he's his assistant. He must be thinking, he's going to try and steal a job. But Dean Smith was cool with it. He did his own thing and he realised that Thomas Frank was actually adding to what he was doing he was using his tactical nails and and it's 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 known well known now that you know dean smith did what he's done thomas frank added a tactical nails to it and when dean smith left thomas frank took over a lot of people which is interesting you know again is uh, thomas frank came for a lot of grief the first 10 11 games he won hardly not i didn't win any i don't think he must what, have won one, one. In, one in ten was it one in ten i mm. think he won and he got massive grief everyone saying thomas frank out um it was a baptism of fire for him but the club believed in him he believed in himself and they knew what he wanted to do and eventually boom he came out the back end started playing some great football early this season again i mean you looked at the stats he didn't have great stats at the beginning of the season did he but he we had bought in 11 players what were the stats again how many uh, roughly we, I, I don't think we counted there weren't very many wins in the first let's say 10 games we it, lost wasn't until, it wasn't until Birmingham the first 30, 30 yard header on the first game oh, of the season yeah. 
Uh, and then I think it wasn't until when the Millwall game came around where it really clicked in. in. The middle of October that was. Yeah. You know, we lost to Charlton as well. We lost to Nottingham Forest. And 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 also when we played Millwall, you know, on the 70th minute, and uh, certain fans or in the Ealing Road were singing, you know, you're getting sacked in the morning, which we talked about him on the Thomas Frank podcast, which is out on Besotted.com or uh, Pride of West London. If you check it out, brilliant podcast. We have to say where we got him down the pub and he told us everything. So Thomas Frank was, you know, if he was at Derby or uh, it was at Leeds. United or a lot of these other places he probably would have been sacked but Brentford said we know the vision we're going to carry on with it and now you look at the football we're playing everyone is purring about the football mm. it's almost like they knew we we're going to get there but it's just going to take a little bit of time and you've got to give people props and credit for not doing the same thing that every single other team does sacking a manager after five or ten or fifteen games because you're not going to get the results and fair play to thomas frank he's got us where we're playing now we're very proud of our team we're playing great football and he's got himself a nice deal and uh well good luck to him Absolutely, good luck to him. I think it's also important on on Thomas Frank there. It's just to like really, really consider about how much of a top bloke he is as well. Like the stuff he does with the players, you can see after the game, he gets all the players together, comes all the way around the pitch, puts an arm around Pontus Janssen, around the captain. You know, makes makes a huge deal out of the togetherness and the club and the familyness of of Brentford. And he really makes sure that every time from from day one he comes over and he claps the fans and you can see when we get a big victory he does the old fist pump and everything like that which we all love now I love these Smith he's a wicked wicked guy and everyone's each their own stuff like that but we were always trying to get Dean to get involved uh, D- Dean give us a wave and, and he didn't because he, he was probably much more focused about himself and he probably wasn't so extrovert even though Thomas isn't necessarily an extrovert but he understands how much this stuff needs means to the fans so for us like you know I think he's done a he's done a brilliant job he's obviously very tactically very 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 clever person he's one of these he's like the players that you were talking about where you know Brentford everyone goes oh, this, they go, this Bumo guy where did, where did Brentford find them from you know what I'm saying because all of a sudden you've got Bumo who's scored 11 goals he's got a load of assists and no one has got any idea where he's come from plays for France, France under 21 you know he's paid, we paid 6 million or five, 6 million euros for him he's probably worth 12 million now already and everyone's just scratching their heads you know where did he come from however Thomas Frank you've got to ask the same question with him where did they get him from how did they how do they bring him and get him into that place and get him playing Brentford playing this style of football you have to understand it comes from having an infrastructure you know they've worked on I mean I spoke to somebody who said it's taken us five years to get to this stage five years you know it doesn't happen overnight so these clubs like Derby who keep selling their stadium and hoping it's going to happen overnight trust me mate you know you buy your stadium back and just work a little bit longer to try and make it happen 100% a uniqueness is what he said didn't he Thomas Frank about Brentford something special about this club and patience fellas that's all it takes a bit of patience patience is a virtue and Ollie Watkins I believe said that didn't he nearly nearly at the start of the season just be patient did, with yeah. me he of course got another goal in that 3-1 victory over QPR at the weekend you were doing your usual speaking to the fans in the pub afterwards here is what they had to say well, Bill, wasn't that first half just magic? We thought it was all done and dusted. And, um, yeah, we didn't really turn up that much in the second half. Made it a little bit hard work for us. They scored a goal. We weren't creating too many chances. Maybe legs getting a little bit tired. But the boys dug in, made some substitutions. And we got over the line really probably quite easily in the end. So if our West Bomham leads... I'll be watching their fixtures and not looking forward to coming in at Fortress Griffin Park. Uh, very enjoyable. It's nice going three up so early, but uh, 
I think, you know, QPR had a lot of possession. They got some decent players. They tried to play football. Um, we, we really outthought them, outplayed them. Uh, really good performance from us. But, you know, going up 3-0 after half an hour there was just so, so, so gorgeous. Yeah, we're never going to come out in the second half and do the same thing again. But the first half, that spell, you know, with the first two goals just took them out of the game, really. And the, it was highly impressive in the first half. Could have been, you know, 3-4-5. Or sorry, what's three? Could have been 4 5 6 Rangers have got some good players. I don't think they're a good team, but they've got some very, very good individuals. And you can see why they create chances and they scored a few goals. But um, defensively, we're still pretty strong as well. And that was a really, really good performance. We should have been 4 0 up, of course, at half time. That was a definite penalty on Watkins. If I were West Brom, I'd be scared. Scared. No, and we, we never looked in danger. We, we, we were in control of it all the way through. The players looked tired, to be honest. So it was right that we took a breather. And I think they did take a breather. Um, chance to take some, make some subs, second half give some people a rest uh, but they're getting better you can see the team bonding there they love playing together um, which is beautiful I'm loving it I've been coming here forever this is the best team I've ever seen I mean as a team we, we, we've got individuals Ben Rama I don't think was on it the first 20 minutes I thought he was losing the ball quite a lot but the players around him know that he can produce that magic and that first goal I mean obviously off the training ground beautiful to watch I came hopeful but I, t- I said the words today I came hopeful but I was never optimistic I think Brentford have got players all over the park and don't seem to have any weak links at the moment. That's a very hard thing to say as a QPR fan. But but at moments during the game, I think we worried them. I think the second goal, had we got it, would have uh, made it very interesting. But I can't complain about the result at all. Better side one and uh, hats off to them. Warburton's well, perfect for us, I feel. I think he, he's, he's very good with um, uh, the media. He's also very good at talking to fans about what's going forward and how we see him going forward. Very honest. Um, I've got no problem with Warburton. People I knock around with have got no particular problem with Warburton. What we have got a problem with is keep losing to Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> I should really laugh at that, but I just couldn't help myself. How, how, when was the last time you felt this confident playing, watching us play football games in the Championship? I, I was, we were talking earlier and saying, you know, trying to compare back to the Championship season under Warburton. Well, obviously we're flying high, but I reckon that season, we at this point in that season, we were looking behind us. But actually, we're looking at, we're looking forwards at the moment. Um, so, so this, gonna, is, this gonna, is unreal. I'm going to really enjoy the rest of today. I'm going to enjoy that win, but it's about Huddersfield now. We have to move on, and uh, we've proved that we can go to Huddersfield now, and we we got nothing really to fear. We, as long as we don't go and lose one 0 which we're capable of doing, but I think we're on a bit of a roll now. I really do think that Brentford are the real deal, and uh, we have to we have to tuck in, and we will. Cody Bean. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Peter, with the boys from Besotted, Billy the B Grant and Edward the Headwood. Now, chaps, we are going to reflect on that brilliant win against QPR at the weekend. It's now one defeat in seven in the championship, eight in all competitions, 11 win in 16, three wins from three in all competitions at the start of this season, or the start of this year, I should say, six straight league wins at Griffin Park. We're going to get on to BMW. You forgot one. Go on. 
five straight wins against QPR. Oh, of course. <laughs> there we go. How dare I slap? I'm oh, slapping mate, my wrist. The Beadle, on listen. The <laughs> Beadle's <laughs> not about at the moment, is he? <laughs> He's not. But I was going to say that we're going to get onto BMW. But, Billy, it's not all about them. It's also about JND. Oh, mate, the JND is on fire at the moment. The Jensen Norgard, the silver combination in midfield. People didn't see that coming, did they? Um, Norgard, when he, when he joined the club, I was really excited about him coming just because we needed this defensive midfielder. We needed this enforcer in the side. And I remember uh, seeing him make his debut against AFC Wimbledon, which I thought was actually not too bad. And then, uh, then he started to play a few league matches. And again, as they do, he... Uh, he wouldn't say struggled, but you could see that he needed to to understand what our league was a little bit about. He he didn't necessarily make the impact that we thought he was going to make in the first few games. And again, you know, as Brentford fans, we all panic. Oh no, there's Norgard. You know, what's going going on here? But. As time's gone on, he's been training with the club. They've been learning the patterns of players, they say. He's just been understanding what our league's all about. And he's just become from strength to strength. And he was like, you know, arguably, possibly, you know, possibly man of the match as well. I mean, I know Ollie Watkins got man of the match because he scored the goals. And I, I'm not sure if it's the sponsors that actually give him <laughs> man of the match. And it's probably going to be um, some famous car brand because of the uh, B and the M and the W in there. I'm not sure if it's them that got involved. But <laughs> <laughs> other car brands are... Uh, readily available of course they they are, say, like, yes. Skoda and that but um, I'm not sure whether or not but to me Norgard was he was brilliant he was brilliant we're flying in with the tackles I was talking to my daughter about him yesterday she goes, oh, she goes oh he's one of my favourite players because he makes these side tackles she says he just sort of tackles from the side and he sort of seems to get the ball great player Jensen as well he was a player that a lot of people weren't sure about because they thought he's a little bit lightweight he was a little bit too flash you know he liked his little tricks and all that kind of stuff but they weren't sure whether or not he'd be there when the going gets tough but I think again he's learned how to be a bit stronger how to play the game so he's really great and De Silva he's become one of my favourite players if not he's getting too close to my favourite player because I love the strength of the guy I love the fact that you know he seems to stand up there a lot of time and people try to get the ball off his feet and they can't get the fall off his feet and then when he decides to unleash a shot from the edge of the area you know bang the goalkeeper he needs to be on the money or else that ball is in the back of the net it is uh, Joshua Silva had an incredible game for me personally, I thought Norgard was exceptional. There was one highlight that, that, that vividly sticks out was in front of the Ealing Road Terrace. He uh, he slid in to a tight slide tackle and took out two two QPR players at once. Hmm. Uh, and they both fell on their backsides, got up and we took the ball off. And there was a one-on-one with Eze in the centre mid. And he, he Who? It, with Eze? Was it, is his name Easy or did he did he play? I, I can't remember. Did he turn up at half twelve? Or I'm not sure. It might have been in the, one of one of the defenders' pockets, was it not? Oh, that's what we were singing, wasn't it? Easy, Easy. Uh, <laughs> Very good, gents. Very good. <laughs> it's not rehearsed either. No, it's not. That's straight off the block. Uh, there was a one-on-one tackle right in the middle, uh, and he slid into whatever his name is from Shepherd's Bush, um, and took the ball off him. He just had an amazing performance. And, and Jensen, uh, one of my favourite Brentford players of all time, was Brian Woods. Um, I, I loved him. Uh, he just controlled the game the way he played. And Jensen, who I think has almost been brought in as a little bit of a, a new Ryan Woods, and he's starting to get that kind of match rhythm and the tempo, and he's taking the ball one side of the box, he's taking the ball that side, and he's putting little balls in, and so he's starting to play beautifully. He's the the, the, the magic wand, if you like, just the silver's your strength, Norgard's your enforcer. Um, and it's just a great little combination in the middle. Really like it. Bit of a set-piece king as well, especially for that first goal. Lovely move there. Ben Rama, by the way, I don't think that he could have found a smaller gap to get that through the bank of players that were yeah. in the box. No. 
tell you something, you were so right as well, because at the time we thought, we saw the goal, we thought, great, because we were behind the goal, but then when I watched it back on the TV, it was actually, and, and also we looked, and a lot of people not like this, but, you know, the XGs um, gives an indication as to how, um, what the chances are, the probability of scoring the goals. And when I saw the, the, the Benrama goal, the XG for that was like something ridiculous, like 8% or something really small. And I thought... I mean, he was in there. He just banged at the back of the net. Then I saw that it came across. He just sort of made it into a little hole. There was about five players in front of him, and he managed to sort of kind of avoid them all and still put it in the back of the net. So it actually wasn't an easy goal to get at all. But um, I, was try- it- I was trying. I was trying to watch it back, the replay of it, to see if there was a trigger from when uh, one of the players. There was a dummy over the ball, and then the ball came in from Jensen. And I was trying to see if there was a trigger for the timing that Ben Rama left his spot to make the move. It wasn't. It just it just naturally kind of made the right move at the right time and it was the ball had to be on that spot mm. if it was um, an inch further or later it wouldn't have gone in and you've got to give the props as well because uh, we've got a new free kick coach who's Andreas Georgeson as well he came in from Malmo and the irony is that he actually came in on the day that we had the Thomas Frank interview I talked about that bit earlier on Pride of West dot London check it out it's wicked but he said we said to him ah oh, um, Thomas, I'm not really funny, mate, but our free kicks are rubbish at the moment now. And he laughed. He goes, well, we haven't got a free kick coach, you know. So well, I thought you had. He goes, no, he left. I think he went to Man City. He said, well, he's rubbish anyway. You know, so, so what's going on? He goes, well, I have a free kick coach. We've got a new one starting. He said, oh, when is he start? He goes, well, uh, he started today or started tomorrow. <laughs> he said, is he any good? He goes, I've got no idea. I'll find out tomorrow when I go in the training pit. So he obviously is very good because, you know, two free kicks or two set pieces from this one, which really rattled Mark Warburton as well, if you saw in the uh, in the, the post-match interview. And what's interesting as well, and we're not going to dwell on it too much, but the irony of this whole thing is that obviously Mark Warburton was manager in the, of Brentford. And the reason, part of the reason why he left is that he just didn't really want to work together with our owner to basically do the things that we're doing now as into what Dean Smith has done what, what Thomas Frank has done one of the things that he wasn't happy about is uh, having a free kick coach we were terrible at set pieces when he was there absolutely terrible we just rubbish so um, the owner sort of wanted to get a set, a set piece coach in and he uh, sent it down and apparently set piece coach turned up and he was set packing you know he said I'm not having any of it so uh, he wasn't happy with set piece coach set piece coach went away he came back and he worked for us after Warburton left but the irony is that he comes to Brentford and he's been done by a set piece coach <laughs> so I think he's probably thinking maybe I shouldn't have actually sent well, him away it just goes to show doesn't it I don't understand why more clubs and look maybe they do but I think every manager should work specifically on set pieces because we've seen at the weekend here it, it, it's born through and actually the Embuemo goal as well while we were on Embuemo by the way it's the first time I've returned to the show right yes, yes. now I've noticed with Embuemo or Buemo or, or Burmo or Bumo so what are we going with gents Bumo so it's Bumo Bumo right Bumo because commentator at the weekend as well it was it was like Burmo no. so right Bumo is what we're sticking with that's yeah. that's what we're going Bumo. with Bumo right okay lovely his goal as well by Beautiful. the way and also Mar- Marcondes the week before in the, the FA Cup game set piece yep. as well yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned Thomas Frank there, Billy. Of course, uh, you was well. He was speaking as well after the game. Here's what he had to say. Thomas, you spoke in the build-up to this game about creating magical moments at Griffin Park. That 45 minutes of the first half was 45 minutes of magical moments. Yeah, 100%, 100% agree. I think it was um, it was bang up there, and I think after the the two 0 goal, you could you could just see that we we'll keep going forward keep pressing forward and it could have been three and four in that that, that moment in time and no first I was was really good top intensity in the pressure um, pressing a lot forward uh, on the front foot um, you can see the tunnel goal was a clear way of how we want to press win it play behind them goal um, third goal same 
win it, uh, clear it, foul, free kick, world drill, set piece, uh, goal. Um, so no, in general, first half was extremely good. Second half, a little bit disappointed, but I need to, to pay a lot of respect to, to QPR because they're a very good side. You touched on it there, but two further set piece goals as well. Yeah, yeah, fantastic world drill, set piece goals. Big respect to. And, and praise to, to Andreas, um, our set-piece coach, and um, uh, the players, especially the first one, because of course it's well drilled. But it's actually not one that we particularly set up for today. But it's one we know we set up uh, when we have different opportunities. So that was a, that was a good one. And you know, taking the headlines again, but again, all three of the front three score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BMW, I think it's um, it's the tuned version now. So we are going, I don't know, the... the uh, you're going from a, a nice okay car to a little bit more luxury uh, model uh, but the good the good news is that uh, it can actually be an even even better version well that was Thomas Frank now I think he's taking a leaf out of your book Billy he's doing some car analogies <laughs> well, well I think he started the car analogies to be fair um, to be fair but he knows listen he knows we're firing on all cylinders <laughs> um, we're definitely uh, down <laughs> listen we're definitely down the motorway but um, now listen he's happy he knows he, he knows where we're going you know, Thomas. Know, Thomas knows where we're going. He, he's what's. I think what's really interesting about these. I mean, he talks about these things now, and he talks about how we're doing. But what is more interesting is what they don't say sometimes. Okay, mm. and uh, if you start to talk to him about well, automatic promotion, he, he, he's not going there. And any of the players, which I think is really, really interesting. I think it's actually really good. And, I, and it's, it shows almost like a little bit of a difference to where we were three or four or five years ago. Because when we came into the league from uh, Division 1, we were so excited. We were like, basically, we were happy just to be not relegated. And all of a sudden, bang, we find ourselves like in fifth place in the league and the playoffs. It was just so exciting. Scoring goals. Okay, we were letting in goals. It didn't really matter. We were so excited. Yeah, everything's going to happen. So... You could imagine the, the sort of the, the the feelings that's coming out as a Brentford fan. Then now we've been through that. We've been through a couple of bad seasons and a few man- a manager or so. Um, seen the development of sides, and then all of a sudden we've seen our side morph into a side which is actually really good. It is much better than the side when we got to the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you, as even as a fan, I'm thinking we, we are actually much better than that side. And that time I thought we were world beaters, but we actually really are world beaters now. Now because we are world beaters. I'm not being funny, but I ain't taking any risk. I'm just going to just hold it down, take it as it is, and, and enjoy the moment. Because it's easy, because we, we, we're almost like mature championship fans now. Six years ago, we got, yeah, look at us, we're the best, look at us. But now it's just like, no, 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 it could still go horribly wrong. We're a brilliant side. So and I think Thomas Frank and them lot are doing exactly the same thing, just managing the expectations. They're saying, all right, yeah, but you can catch up Leeds. The next game is Huddersfield. We need to beat them. You know what I'm saying? It's just keeping the focus on the next games and keeping it down. And I, I actually really like that because, uh, you know, it'll just keep us going and ticking along till the end of the season. It's the archetypal taking each day as it comes, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, it's it, it, Everybody you keep meeting into and everyone goes, cool, Brentford are doing well, aren't they, Ed? You go, yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, where are you, third? Yeah, okay. Uh, so, what, do you think you're going to catch leads? You're going to get up there? Let's, let's just play the next game uh, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the truth I, I only found out today I was stressing a bit that hypothetically if we were to reach the playoff final hypothetically mm-hmm. I thought I was at a wedding on that day oh crikey and so I've been stressing about it and thinking if I could um, manage going to the game and getting to the after and sacking off the, the ceremony and I found out today 
fine, you can still go, it's a different day. And I'm thinking, well, mm, are we in a position to go up automatically or, or am I still overthinking it? Even if we do get to the playoffs, we've still got two games to get to the final. So it's just take it as it comes, slow it down, just win against Huddersfield, win against the next game. It's, it's funny you talk about dilemmas and I know we just, you know, we're going to go to a break in a minute. But I have to mention that when you talk about it. As a football fan, you have to think about these things. And I, last year, I mean, if we were in the position we we're in now, um, last year, I would have been in all sorts of trouble because my uh, sister-in-law announced that she was getting married, and it was over the um, it was over the, uh, the the weekend, the 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 playoff final weekend. And my face, you know, when she says I'm getting married, and I was just like, "That's great," you know what I'm saying? And I was absolutely so. I was, I, I, I didn't know what to do. And she said, and it was, and it was also it's in Serbia as well. So she's going, and I was just thinking, I said, "No chance." So I was working out I can get back, and she, it was on the Sunday, I think it was. So I thought, well, maybe I'll be able to kind of Saturday and fly back. So in the end, what I did is I people like that, I actually flight so I went to Serbia so I was going to fly out there and then I booked a flight back from Serbia just in case we got to the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> and then I booked another flight back to, to London as afterwards just in just in case we no. got to the I bought that in January just in case we got to the playoffs you know what I'm saying because and these are the things that you've got done now I would have definitely have done it but obviously I haven't told my missus I haven't told me maybe his sister I haven't told anyone they don't know that I'd actually booked some flights just in case so in the end the irony is I sort of like I was kind of sort of relieved the fact that we never got to the playoffs in a way even though I wanted to. And so I end up sort of watching Fulham versus Aston Villa in a pub in Serbia thinking, you know, how <laughs> could how, have been me. Yeah, I could have been me sort of trying to get to the airport to get to this game and then get back for the wedding sort of kind of tomorrow. It was a bit of a bizarre experience. I so. did I did look at cabs from Wembley to the, the church <laughs> and see if it was possible. I was like, we'll be out by half five and then when a dinner will be maybe I could do it on time. And I found out the wedding's now on the Friday. Rachel was on Friday, and then Monday was the is the playoff final day. So, like I've got got the time to turn it around. Yes. We're all good. The things we do as football fans, gents. That's right. Wouldn't change it for the world, would no. you? No. We are changing stadiums, though. Of course, next season. A bit of stadium chat next on the Brentford Fan Show. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Peter, with Billy the B Grant Hello. and Edward Headwood. All right. Love it. Edward the Headwood. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's yes. got a massive head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like trophy bitter. I look like a thumb. You probably old school people remember <laughs> wit bread, big head, trophy bitter, the pint that thinks it's a quart. There you go. Yeah. I think it's a, bit, a, bit, a couple of years before my time. There, that Bill. is actually yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the other move. beers. Other beers are yeah, available. I was going to well. say, mate. Yeah, thank you, thank you for dropping that one in. Uh, the move to Lionel Road, chaps. Ticket sales. They've commenced. They, they have season ticket sales, and I have, and my chums, my buddies, uh, who are hopefully are listening in here. We've all got our season tickets, or not all of us actually. So I'm a few of us have got our season tickets for the new Brentford Stadium. We were um, there for the first day of buying season tickets at the West End. So what they did is that, you know, there are obviously four stands uh, at the new Griffin Park or um, Lionel Road or Brentford Community Stadium, whichever you want to call it. Um, North End, you know, South End, East End and West End. And uh, the West End is meant to be the equivalent of the Ealing Road, which is the terrace that we're in at the moment now. So the first day of sale for the West End was last Friday. Before that, there were people who were in the side who could buy it sort of on the Monday and the Tuesday and, and on the Monday you know some people
people were buying their tickets for the for the for the ground and then the, the players turned up which is all really nice it's a bit of media for them you know players turned up and just greeted them so they're very happy with that unfortunately there's no players that turned up for the west end because we're just the renegades you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no actually that's not true the reason why there's no players is because we were playing qpr the following day and they had to be focused on the beating mark warburton's team so uh we just we got on with it and uh, tell you something, the experience, it was really, um, and I'm just telling you, they're, they're, they're fantastic down there. They're really friendly, really helpful, really nice. It's a really personable service. You go in there, it's a small little hut, just um, just, just, just down from Kew Bridge, just down from literally from where the stadium is. You go inside there, they'll help you. You can you watch a video, um, which gives you a sort of kind of, a, a sort of a, you know, a 3D, a sort of kind of a mock-up, computer mock-up of what you'd be like sitting in your seats at the stadium, what it's going to be like. Um, just on just on a video so yeah it's it's got you know it's quite cool then obviously you can put this um this uh, vr glasses on and then you can get an idea of what you like sort of sitting in a seat and seeing the stadium and looking around you and stuff like that as well so you know you've got this whole experience there just to go down so that you can feel comfortable because obviously we can't go into the stadium as yet because the stadium's been locked up there um they're building there and they're not letting anybody else in um, the stadium's going to be finished, I think, probably uh, the middle to the end of, uh, of February. So it's, we've only got a bumper to be at go. So they're like, listen, let them crack on. Let us sell the, uh, the, the season tickets. And then when it's finished, people can go over there and probably have a look at some stage. So uh, they've tried to make it so that you understand as much as possible what it's all about and you know we were you know to be fair i mean i mean i'm gonna be gutted we're all gonna be gutted leaving griffin park it's a wicked stadium and people love that place and i love that place but i have to admit i, I got a little bit excited going down there just sort of checking it out because you know it's going to happen and you're sort of thinking okay so you go there and but all of a sudden when you see it and you see the stadium you see the tickets and people you sort of think oh, i'll tell you something this is this is actually real and uh with regards to the the whole experience and the the vr and just putting your headset on yeah so are they planning to do this? Because we're looking at potentially 10,000 season ticket sales, right? Are we looking at 10,000 people all doing this particular experience? I reckon, yes, because so, it looks like they've got, I mean, appointments. I mean, okay, I've got my appointment, which was the, you know, the 10th or 11th or whatever it may be of, of, of January. I've got the Edward here. Who's your, your appointment? When's your appointment? So uh, the, the person I've left in charge of this is Robin. So uh, we, 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 go, we go with each other all the time um, and there's a group of three of us. So Robin is the one that's good at organising stuff. So he's taken control. He's been in touch. He's put all of our fan numbers in. He's contacted the club, given us, and they've given us a block. They said, right, come in between these dates. I think it's March the 7th or something or other. So we're going to go and get all of our seats together then. I've got a couple of questions for Bill because you've been there and the, the experience of doing that um, in terms of worries that I know that I've had or other people have had in terms of what happens if I buy my ticket now but my mate wants to buy a ticket down the line how can we sit together is there a way around that well yeah I mean there is I mean what I mean what we've done is that we've got a we've got a small sort of group of us where what you do is that they enable you if you're a season ticket if you've got you know I say a priority but say for example I mean because of the amount of years I've had a season ticket and also the amount of games I've been to up and down the country I've got like a ridiculous amount of tap points so I've gone in early so I'm allowed to bring in two extra people with me who might be a sort of slower priority order so what I've got immediately I've got my daughter in there I've got my, my daughter's friend who come to football with me because they haven't you know got as many tap points as what I have so immediately they come in with me and uh, lots of other people have done exactly the same thing where you know they go to football by themselves they stand on the Ealing Road but then afterwards they, um, they've got a couple the spaces to bring other people in with them so what we found is with our group our group had expanded because you've got yourself 
coming along with people who are able to bring mates of ours that there's who they probably stand on the Ealing Road with but they may not be able to afford to buy the season tickets for as long or they may not be able to afford to you know they might have worked work during the weekend so they can't afford to go to away games so that enables you to 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 to, to, to stand with your friends so I mean you at the moment I suppose your priority is in March so you in principle you know as you and Robin will be able to bring two extra people along with you each yep. who can actually come in at the same time as well yeah you know so that yeah well exactly i mean that, that that's it and it's just everybody's a bit concerned about wanting to be able to just be with their pals or if for example one of your friends comes who doesn't have a season ticket will there, will there be an option about you know they can come to a game and get the seat next to you is that a possibility i mean this is again i mean i don't work for the ticket office i mean we asked all these questions as well but you know what they're saying is obviously the 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 incident the scenario is that you're gonna you know as many people they're hoping to try and get ten thousand people in season tickets you know at the moment now we've got i don't know six thousand people season tickets so that's going up by you know you know nearly 50 percent of people um nearly sorry nearly 100 percent of people actually you know nearly going to be um season ticket holders in the new stadium so if you think about that at the moment now ealing road i'm not sure how many it's Two, two and a bit thousand people in Ealing Road. Um, I think the North, uh, the West End is probably three and a bit thousand. So all of a sudden you've got a bit of extra capacity there. So whether or not that end's going to be full mm. of season ticket holders or whether or not it's going to have gaps in it which will allow people to go there, I don't know. But I think what they're thinking is maybe if there's the same sort of thing as a ticket exchange where people buy their season tickets but they can't go and all of a sudden they offer it to yeah. Brentford so that people can actually come in and buy tickets to in that space using you know season ticket holders who can't make it you put it back into the club who actually resell those tickets to allow people to come in but i can't really answer that because i'm i'm, I'm not yeah, sure, from the club sure. myself i think that's, that's going to be the idea yeah well, i mean there's, there's a few other questions but no i was just going to say that one of the words you've used a few times billy when describing all of this is standing now that's a problem that you don't have with regards to bringing your friends on because you just tuck them in and they, yeah. they stand next to you the situation with standing, guys, this is something that every modern football fan, will, well, every old school football fan, I suppose, will discuss because we like to stand at football. Invariably, we still do stand at football, even if it's an all-seater stadium. What's the feeling amongst fans about this? Because for those who maybe don't know the situation, is it all-seater? Will there be any standing? Okay, the stadium is an all-seater stadium because it has to be an all-seater stadium due by law. Uh, obviously, we put in for standing, safe standing, whatever you want to call it, if the law does change. And uh, we really lobbied for it. I mean, myself as besotted, we all lobbied for it. We had bias, they lobbied for it. A lot of fans have lobbied for it. You know, uh, we had our previous CEO, he went down there, we had meetings um, with uh, with the FSF, which I was on the board of as well. I think we, we got MPs involved. It's, it's a big thing for us, but we thought the law might have changed, but unfortunately, there were a few political things which mm. they became a little bit more important so uh, the standing thing has been put to the back but doesn't worry because the fact that they have to remember and the club know this and everyone knows this and the club are are not only aware but they've embraced it they realize the fact that people do stand at football matches and also the fact is that you know i've stood in the ealing road for 35 odd years and my football experience is a standing experience as is all my friends that go to football right that's what we do we stand at a football match i go to an away game and i stand at a football match i don't see it you know um the younger generation like if you meet and i'm not trying to generalize there but you meet a lot of fulham fans um who <laughs> no but a lot of them no but this is sure. the truth. No, okay sure yeah they come they've a lot of them have come in when Fulham, Fulham, when, when Fulham got into the Premier League so all they understand is about sitting so when they come to Brentford they all moan about our stadium go oh I hate that stadium you know what I'm saying because they don't but they don't understand they don't understand the standing part of it you know what I'm saying it's like the seat isn't comfy enough for them so they start moaning so okay because but 
you can't disregard other people's experience that is their experience so that's just kind of different so you know and and fair play to them tip your hat to them but coming back to us we stand we love to stand we have got at least 2,000 people at Brentford now who stand and I think those people are expecting to go to the new stadium and they're expecting to stand so what the club has done is um, the club has told and they've said listen this is an all-seater stadium doing the legal thing and telling people it's right but also um, saying that if you wanted a certain experience then you go into the West Stand which basically I'll translate it for them they have said this is an all-seater stadium but I will translate it to say basically they're saying if you want to stand Go to the West End. Yeah. Right? Okay. And this is my translation, not the club's translation. So they can't slap me on the wrist for saying, you've misquoted me. But I'm going to just say this. We're saying is that if you want to stand, go in the West End. There's three other stands if you don't want to stand. So if you want the same view as you get in the West End, go in the East End because you'll be behind the goal. You have the away fans as well. So you can have a little bit of banter with them and you can actually see the same view. But if you want to stand... Go in the West End. There could be the upper tier. There could be the lower tier. And we're between us at Besotted and Bias and the, the West End Alliance and everybody else, we're trying to make that very, very clear. It's not a case of, oh, I quite like it. It's a bit lively there, but I think I'm going to sit down the bottom and just keep myself chilled. It's like, no, you're going to have people standing around you. Um, and if you don't, then maybe this year, then next year when it gets even more livelier, when more people start coming in it's going to happen so what we don't want is we don't want people coming in there saying i was told the back is standing and the and the, and the front is sitting and all of a sudden i'm sitting here and they've got people standing all around me that's not the score the score is just assume the west stand is going to be lively and standing just like it is in 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 the south stand i think it is at wolverhampton wanderers if you go to the south stand at, at leeds united as well literally i mean i was in there for the playoff semi-final against derby no one sat down no one Simple as that. There you go. Happy with that one? Yeah, easy. I'll be standing. Job done. We're going to be talking transfers next. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle with the boys from Besotted, Billy the B. Grant and Edward the Headwood. Right, gents, the transfer window is open. It is upon us. We are deep into it. And we are just going to mull over some potential targets right now, those who we should potentially keep at the club. So we've got three questions for you. Who must we keep? I want one player. Where must we buy? I want one position. And who should we add? And a player. So, fellas, take your pick. Uh, I'll, I'll kick off with who would keep. Um, I, 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 I know it says one, but I'm going to do one, one obvious one. You know, we, we've got to keep Watkins. Hypothetically, there's your goals. If we don't have Watkins, we don't have the goals. We don't have 18 goals this season, so we're not in the position we are. He's very important. If we can keep him, if we could put a, a brick wall around him and say no one can else have him, that's fine, we'll keep Watkins. But in a more understated position, which is probably more important, is someone like uh, Henrik Dalsgaard. So the, he's, he's one of the older members of the team. He's a leader. He's, a, not, he's not the captain, but he is a captain within the after them. He keeps an eye on the younger players. He tackle hards. He he plays like he wants to win the game. He never he never you can see he's his see his frustration when he makes a mistake or if there's been a, he's, he's I just think he's very very important member of the team at the moment. Billy, I mean, obviously Ollie Ollie Watkins is unbelievably important to Brentford because if you think about it, is if he's gone. You know, okay, we've got goals coming from all over the park as well. But, you know, to have scored, what's it, 18 goals in just over half a season, we were delighted 
that Andre Gray scored 18 goals in the whole of the season at the time. And that's the season that we got to the playoffs. And we were thinking, we're, we're made here. Then This guy's the best ever, you know. But, you know, he's been superseded and, and, and some. So, for me, of course he is, you know. Um, he's, he's absolutely, he's, abs- he's an absolutely key player. But I also, you know, coming back to it, it says, um, that's too obvious. Bumo. My man, the Bumo. He came to the club and he's taken... A little bit of time, not that much time, about a month or so to get <laughs> used to how Brentford play. He is brilliant because he is strong, he's fast, he's tricky, he knows where the back of the net is, he's so skillful, but also the assists as well. And that's so important to have somebody who assists as well as score goals. And they just, the players just don't know what to do with him. So I'm going to talk about my man, Brian from Troyes, as we used to call him as well. Like you know saying, <laughs> I, I don't think he's got to his best yet either. No, I think he's no. got a lot more to give. Seven and nine as well in terms of goal scoring. Yeah. I mean, if he carries on like that until the end of the season, yes, it's impressive, isn't it? Indeed, it is. Yeah. Okay. In terms of where the club should add, now we're looking at positions here, not a specific player, or perhaps you want to combine the two. Yeah, well, definitely combine the two. Do you want to go there? Then? Yeah, I, I, I think this has been a problem for us for quite a while. I, th- I think we'd, it'd be nice to have a, another left back. For me, I, I think left back's always been a little bit of a sticky one. We always relied on, for example, Jake Bidwell never got injured when he was with us. And then we've had Barbe last year playing, who was a centre back playing left back. Now Rico Henry's got his fitness and he's not getting as injured as he was. Um, that's fine. But behind them, then, then we are looking at bringing those B team players up to fill quite an important position if you're, if you're playing those attacking wings like we do so I think left back we, we, we should strengthen in which is interesting as well because I mean obviously Thompson's been playing left back there as well and I think the club quite you know quite right and they say that he's probably been quite unlucky the fact that we're actually just like Rico's such a brilliant player yep. and actually we're doing so well you know if it was any other side if we were a mid-table side um, and we didn't have Rico he probably would have been in there week in and yep. week out you know but um, I mean that is a, a point because I thought about that I labelled a little left back scenario as well but I'm going to flip it back to uh, to the old chestnut um, if I was to buy, get one position I'm actually going to say striker because I'm looking I'm thinking midfield like we're, we're, we're doing alright you know defence wise I think we're really solid and of course we need the backup but I think we can deal with that but I was thinking striker wise it'd be really interesting to be able to bring somebody off the bench at the moment now we're thinking that if you know if if uh, if um if Ollie Watkins decides that we want to flip it up you put him over in the wing then you know maybe you might boom Bumo back and put him into the center you know what I'm saying or you bring Divisoglu who's a, seemingly a great player but is he a striker or is he sort of a number 10 type player even same thing as Marcondes as well is he straight up striker is he a sort of a slightly you know playing off the striker type person you know number 10 so I'm thinking if we decided that we we're going to get a straight up striker but who's happy to sit on the bench um, and I was just having a look around again. I have to do a little bit more research because I'm not a scout as such. But I was just thinking somebody like you know, um, and who's slightly different to Ollie Watkins. Someone like I'm, I'm thinking for Peterborough. What's he going to say? Go on, like, Ivan Tony. I'm Ivan just wondering. Ivan Tony, right? Yeah, you know, I'm just wondering. But the fact is that the reason why is um, is. Very strong at finishing, you know what I'm saying? He puts the ball in the back of it, but he's really good in the air, you know what I'm saying? You know, great at passing, he's great at header, you know, and def- defensively as well, tracking back, he's, he's really good. So getting a player like that, if we decided that we were struggling against, you know, Charlton or one of these big strong teams are blocking it up against us, we had to, you know, change our style a little bit, knock the ball up there, you know, knock it up to Ivan Tony, you know, with, you know, um, Ollie out in the wing, 
you know, just to change our style up, I just thinking maybe that might be a nice little option. It's not the worst shout in the world, of course. Tony, Isa as well, Madison, all of those three at Peterborough. Funnily enough, they've actually drawn a few blanks of late. So I'm not going to say that transfer value would have come down. Well, Madison's not at Peterborough anymore, is he? Today he moved on, right? He moved to Cheltenham. There you he's go. He's gone, you know, he's gone. So, you know, you've got a bit of money in the bank, you know, well, 2.2 million apparently. But, um, but they want a bit more for, bit more than that for Tony, I, I reckon. I think they will do. I th- th- I th- th- we were asking this question of like, who would you buy? Who would be the person you bring in? But we all know the person we're going to bring in, if we do, is someone that we've never heard of, who's just going to mm. turn out to be the better than the player that, was, that, that we've gone in to fill. That's true. Just to finish on this, gents, I've got a question for you because I was talking to a, a Brentford mate of my, a Brentford fan mate of mine chum. earlier this week, a Brentford chum, yes, and he was discussing the whole loan market. Now, when you look at the championship in particular, Jack Harrison coming into Leeds from City has been very good. Patrick Roberts has made an instant impact at Middlesbrough since coming in as well. I know that Brentford very much have a um, a way of, of operating. We spoke about it earlier on in the show. But are you sometimes biting your nose off to spite your face with the fact of not going down this route? Not necessarily, because I think we'll bring in a loan player if the loan player is right. I mean, I know that we looked at Nketiah. Um, but the money that they wanted for him was ridiculous compared to what we might get out of it. So, I mean, I don't know if the loan fee was two or three million or whatever it might be, mm. as well as the wages and everything like that, plus the assurances that he had to play as well. And uh, we didn't think it was right for us. We, we definitely, you know, we definitely looked at him and, you know, he's not, you know, he's not coming to us this window, 100%. Um, we used to do the loan thing, you know, you know, Harley Dean, you know, Forshaw, all these players, we got them from loaning them and then we signed them eventually. Try before you buy. Yeah, try before you buy. But we all one step down at the time. So when we tried them and then we liked them, we were able to buy them. But now, what happens is that you loan these players like Pritchard, great, and all of a sudden we blow them up and then we try and buy them and they're like, oh, actually, no, you've mm. blown me up now. So that's the difficulty. However, we're in a slightly different situation now and uh, the feeling is if a lone player comes along who can get us over the line, doesn't really matter if we can't buy him or not, but if we pick him up for three or four months and that person can get us over the line, then we'll pick them up. But that player has to be better than what we've got already, has to understand the, the, the football that we're playing already, has to, you know what I'm saying, it's like, why are we going to get a right-back who's going to usurp Ruslev, who Ruslev is potentially a very he good player. decent. He's a decent yeah. player, you know, at right-back. So, you're going to get a lone player who probably doesn't quite know the ropes or he's still developing. He's a youth team player who potentially might take three or four or six months or a year to get, you know, to get happening. So, yes, if the player is right, we'll definitely loan them. But they've got to be literally top four standard in the championship. OK, fellas, it has been nothing but a pleasure being back on the Brentford Fan Show yes. with you both. Thoroughly enjoyed the past uh, past hour. It's flown by. It has. It's absolutely flown by. Right. Huddersfield up next, of course, some crackers in the past. In recent history, there's been a 4-4, a 3-2, 5-1 in May 2016. You've got that plus, you want to mention, uh, a little event at the end of the season. That's you? right. We have got, as people know, we've got our end of season knees up. We've got the end of season social. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an Ealing. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We've got two names already sorted. We're going to get another couple of names I'll be looking at. Sort of a bit of music, a bit of cabaret and all that kind of stuff. But listen, just wait. I keep saying this, prideofwest.london and besotted.com. Just check it out. We're going to get the tickets on sale quite soon. It's the day before the final game at Griffin Park, which is going to be at midday, so uh, 12.30. So people are going to be like probably taking the day off on the Friday, going out all night, you know what I'm saying, and going straight to Griffin Park. So that's going to be a brilliant event. So make sure you're going to be there. Lovely stuff. This has been the Brentford Fan Show. Gents, we'll be back next week, next Monday at 8pm. See you then. You be.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.